How, who here today is glad that you're here today? Mm. Praise the Lord. We get to do this. We get to do this. <clears throat> My name's Derek Hartley. I'm the associate pastor here at First Baptist Minister of Spiritual Development. And it is my joy to get to preach today. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Uh, we are in the midst of, uh, of a sermon series of, of all of the immeasurable blessings that we have because that we're in Christ. And it's uh, this uh, first chapter of Ephesians, you know, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, where he just says, he says, hey, before I get started, I'm going to get started. <clears throat> and he says, let me just give you this one long run-on sentence of just reminding you of who you are in Christ, of who we are in Christ, of what we, ben the benefit of that. Just the, and, and it sounds so trite to say it that way, because it's so enormous. It's so gigantic. It's so, thank you Forrest Gump, ginormous. Just impossible, it's immeasurable, what we have in Christ. Now, that being said, the sermon series, it, it, it is directed toward believers, those who are followers of Christ, those who are in Christ. That doesn't mean that if you're, that if you're searching for Christ, that this isn't for you. This is a giant, another immeasurable invitation for you to join uh, and so many who are following Him, who are searching for chasing after Him as He is chasing after us in, in, in this life that He has for us, that, he, that we're meant to live this abundant life. Come join with us. This is what waits for you. Praise the Lord. Come join. We'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. But right now, I want, I want to read to you chap, uh, verse 7 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. That's where we're going to be today, just this one verse. How in the world are you going to do a whole sermon on one verse? <laughs> you just watch. Um, some people do whole sermons on a, a word. <laughs> so so the, watch and see as, as this is opened up to us. Uh, it's just this, this treasure trove. And just this one verse. And this is just one verse in several of all the things that we have. That blessed with that are in Christ. Let's read together. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. I'm going to be in the English Standard Version. It goes like this. In Him, again, <clears throat> all through this passage, it's all about in Him, in Christ, in the Beloved, through Him. It's all about being in Christ. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. Wow. Let's just uh, pray together. What a verse, Father. What a, what a chapter. What a book. What a Savior. What a God. Let us be absolutely in tune with You now, Holy Spirit. To what you have to say to us where we are, right where we are in the midst of our circumstances, whatever they are, right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So there are five, 
Five thoughts today and then an invitation. You're like, oh, wow. <laughs> Derek, five thoughts? Should have packed the lunch. Now, we're going to get through this, all right? So, first thought is this. First thought is this. In Christ, we see the Redeemer. See, in, in this verse, it talks about our redemption and our forgiveness. And it's in Christ that we see our Redeemer, all right? And, and in, in this chapter, this is what has been revealed to us so far of the, the blessings, the redemption that we receive because we're in Christ. This is what he says so far. He says that in, in by the loving grace of God, by the, by the immeasurable mercy of our Creator, <clears throat> we are in Christ. I am in Christ. Those of us who have come to that point in our lives and have chosen that, we are in Christ. And in that, I am, in, I am incredibly blessed in Christ. I am chosen in Christ. Isn't it good to be chosen? It's so good to be chosen. You know, but Pastor Fred talked to us and reminded us of those playground days, you know, when we were all lined up and we're choosing sides for kickball or dodgeball. I don't know, it, it's been softened over the years. When I was a kid, it was called war ball. But dodgeball, and you're choosing sides, and you, do all, you didn't want to get left out. You wanted to be chosen. But isn't it good to know that in Christ we've been chosen? We've been chosen, and we've been made blameless. And we've been made holy in Christ. In Christ, He has made us holy. What does that mean? He has separated us. He has taken us out and set us aside for a holy purpose. In Christ, He's done that. And He's made us blameless. Alright? He has taken away our blame because we have so much of that. So much of that. He's taken that away. He's made us holy. He's made us blameless. He has predestined us to be adopted in Him. Wow. He has preordained the means, the boundaries by which we will be saved in His Son, Jesus Christ. And then He went as far, and then adopted us. And He calls us sons and daughters where Jesus is our brother and we are heir to all that is His in Christ. And in Christ, I'm accepted. I'm not accepted, understand, I'm not accepted for acceptance sake. Not like our culture tries to shove down our throats. But we are accepted with the understanding that yes, absolutely, Jesus loves you right where you are. Right just how you are. But He refuses to leave you that way. And He wants to make you more and more like His Son, Jesus. You're accepted right where you are. But God refuses to leave you that way. He wants to make you like His Son, Jesus. We're accepted. And then today, we're going to talk about being redeemed. In Christ, we see the One who redeems us. In Christ, we see the Redeemer. Thought number two. In Christ, we are the redeemed. Who are the redeemed? Look at Ephesians with me, chapter 2. Just the next chapter in this same book, Paul goes into more detail about, about the redeemed. Look at this uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Alright? And you... Alright, first of all, I want to say this. In Ephesians chapter 1, he says that we 
have redemption. Here he, that's we, we believers, right? Right here he talks, he makes it very personal. He says, you, you, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Look, that's who you were before you were in Christ. And we have to understand that. Who are the redeemed? The redeemed are those people who have found out that there is a Savior who redeemed them by dying on the cross and shedding His blood. That's who the redeemed are. And, he is, and the redeemed are those who, who, who understand that He not only died on the cross and shed His blood, but He rose from the dead. He conquered the grave, and right now He's at the right hand of God. The redeemed are those who realize that. That's what it, and that is what our redemption is. Jesus is the Redeemer, and we are the redeemed. The redeemed are those who have come to, a, to an understanding that it is me. It, for, for me, very personal, for Derek, it is my sin that sent Jesus to the cross. It is Derek's sin. Not the sin that I committed. Not just that. It's the sin that I, will, that I am committing. That I've committed this day and the sin that I will commit. All of that is what sent Him to the cross. But God, full of grace and mercy, immeasurable grace and mercy, saved me. In spite of that, in spite of what my sin caused him to have to endure. We're going to get to that more of that in just a minute. We, those of us who have come to that realization, who have become poor in spirit, who have mourned, who have cried out, God, it's me, and I'm so sorry. Those of us who understand that, who have become meek and hunger and thirst after righteousness, and then God begins to take us and mold us into something beautiful. We are the redeemed. You and I, those. And those of you who have not experienced that yet, this is what we're inviting you to. This is who we're asking you to follow. This is who we're asking to make the boss of your life. A God who would die for you. What other God has ever done that? No other God, because there's just one. There's just one. Okay, thought number three. 
So thought number one, in Christ we see the Redeemer. In Christ we understand that we are the redeemed. And number three, verse, uh, uh, thought number three, in Christ we see the price of redemption. In Christ we see the price of redemption. What was the price to pay for our sin? What was the, pro, uh, the, the price uh, that re was required for our sin? It is, it was, will always be the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus purchased our redemption. You know, and, and it's not, that's not just figurative speech. You know, a lot of times people use, you know, he has blood on his hands and he doesn't necessarily have blood on his hands. It's because he caused the death of someone or somebody or something. You know, often we, when we hear that, we think maybe that's figurative. But do you understand that in the, in the Jewish sacrificial system that blood literally had to be shed For the appeasement of our sin. It didn't take it away in the old sacrificial system. The lambs and bulls and rams and doves. It just was an appeasement. It was representative of something else that was to come. You know, the blood, the blood, blood had to be shed from a lamb and put over the doorposts of the Israelites in Egypt. To save their lives. Blood had to be shed. And you know, this is a tough concept. Especially, especially in our culture today that's so quick to cancel anything that's scary. Or offensive. Blood had to be shed. This is so far above what our Of what our interpretation of what is okay is. It's God's world. It's His universe. He determines how it will be saved. And it's through the blood of Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. It says this, And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And if that's not enough, let's see what Jesus said about it Himself in Matthew. Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. So we've we got to notice this. And, and we've got to understand this. When it comes to the redemption, Paying the price for our sin. It wasn't God's power 
that saved us, although God's power is infinite. His power is absolutely infinite. He does whatever He wishes, whenever He wishes. If it wasn't the power of God that saved us, it was the blood of His Son, Jesus. You know, it wasn't even the love of God that saved us, although His love is perfect. His love is agape. It is without ill motive. It is perfect. But it wasn't His love that saved us. It was the blood of His Son, Jesus, who saved us. See, sin had to be punished. See, we, we've got to understand this. Sin had to be punished. So God, in His infinite grace and mercy... Instead of punishing the ones who deserved it, the ones who ran up the debt, He chose instead to punish His Son. Instead of me. He punished His Son. Sin had to be punished. God's justice requires it. And there's no justice in simply forgiving sin. You know, you hear this argument all the time from people who say, you know, I don't believe, I don't believe in a God who would do something like that to His Son. It's because you don't understand the offense of your sin in the presence of a perfect and holy God. Only Jesus' death was worthy to take the place of the sins of the world. There was not only a punishment, sin had to be punished. There was an offense that had, there had to be, that, that, there had to be punitive action. When we break law, there are consequences. When we, when, it could be a ticket, it could be, you know, uh, uh, community service, or you might have to do some time. And there could be fines, right? When you're at home and you break the rules, you know, some, when you break the rules that mom and dad set, there could be even worse things than what I've just said. Like, you're grounded from the Xbox. Heaven forbid. The worst thing, the worst punishment, worst punishment ever passed down from a parent to a child, especially a teenager, was, give me your phone. That's it. It's my phone. <laughs> Remind me who pays for that. <laughs> Terrible punishment. There, but there are crimes that have to be punished. And it is, there's no justice. There's no justice in just forgiving sin. It makes light, trivializes what we've done to offend a 
perfect and holy God. But not only punishment, but there was a debt that had to be paid. The Bible refers to it often as a ransom. Like a large payment. A large payment that cancels the offense, the debt that was owed. So closely rated, uh, related to redemption. It's a concept of ransom. Do you understand? Do you understand <clears throat> that not only did the blood of Jesus uh, take the punishment for our sin, but the blood of Jesus paid the ransom for us, for we who were, uh, who were enslaved by our sin, in shackles and chains because of our sin. That's why we write songs like, I've been washed in the blood. All my, all my chains are gone. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. So, why is this ransom so high? Why does it have to be, why is it so bloody? Why does this have to be so icky? So difficult to talk about? Why? Because our offense is so great. Until you grasp, listen, each and every one of us, listen to me. Don't miss this. If you're looking at your phone right now, stop. If you're not paying attention right now, stop. Listen to this. Until you and I grasp the depth of our depravity, we can't grasp the breadth of our redemption. Until you and I, listen, wrap our heads around how lost we were, we cannot fully appreciate how found we are. I was in a far country. Squandering my father's inheritance. And I came to my senses. And I came running back. And he put his coat on me. His ring on my finger. His shoes on my feet. And called me son and made me whole. I want you to get a hold of that today. And understand, until we understand the depth of our depravity, we won't understand the breadth of our redemption. Praise God. So salt number four is this. In Christ, we see the price of our redemption. You know, in that 
verse 7 in Ephesians, he talks about. He's, <laughs> we've been redeemed. And in that, that redemption, we see, in Christ, we see the results of that redemption. And that, those results are forgiveness. First, we've got to understand, we are forgiven. If you get a hold of, if you get, let your mind wrap around the depth of your depravity, and then you hear from Almighty God who has every right to vaporize you and me, but says instead, because of my grace that is matchless, limitless, immeasurable, because of that, you are forgiven. You're forgiven. That if you would really get a hold of that, you wouldn't be able to sit in your seat right now. Because you have been forgiven. Wow. We're forgiven. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. It doesn't... If you're in Christ, hear me. You're forgiven. Quit carrying that around. Lay it down. It's gone. He's taking it and put it as far as the east is from the west. Listen to me. You're forgiven. Start living like it. You're forgiven. We're forgiven. And that's the measure then of how we forgive. What, for what have you been forgiven? I'm not, now don't stand up and start telling but you know what it is. You know what He forgave you for. And that's the measure for how you are to forgive. Forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. But wait a minute, preacher. You don't know what's been done to me. You don't know what's been said about me. You don't know how I've been lied on. I don't. What have you been forgiven for? I know it's hard. Downright impossible. When someone said something about you, or worse, your mama, your wife, your babies, somebody just trying to go out and love and help and serve and they get talked about, Somebody who's transparent with their afflictions and they talk about how God's delivered them and you go run, tell everybody, Woo, did you hear? It's hard to forgive. It sure is. But our example is Jesus. I want to be forgiven. and I want to be forgiven. And I want Jesus' forgiveness to be my measure, my example for how I forgive. Not easy. So, you're, not, <laughs> you're not meant to have to do that alone. Praise God. In Christ, not only do we have forgiveness, but we can forgive.
Let's move on. Also, not only are we forgiven, but God's just condemnation of, who, of us is taken away. Look at Psalm 103, verse 12. It says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. You know, God made the earth. He knew how, exactly how it was made. He could have said as far as the north from the south, but boy, eventually you, keep, you, go, you go far enough north, you start going south. Or if you go far enough south, you start going north. But if you take out of here and start going east, you'll never stop going east. Or if you take out of here and start going west, you'll never stop going west. If you just keep going west, it'll always be west. Or always be heading east. God in His infinite mercy, His infinite wisdom, has taken our transgressions. He's forgiven us. And, and, that, and, and, and as far as the east is from the west, is how far He's removed. That's how forgiven you are. Then the judgment that we've earned... The punishment and judgment that we earned and deserve because of our selfishness and sin has been taken away by Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday is gone. And all my sins are forgiven. I've been washed in and by the blood. Praise the Lord. And thought five. In Christ we see the measure of His forgiveness. According, in the verse 7 it says, according to the riches of His grace. Y'all, we don't even know what that means. The riches. You talk about Unimmeasurable. The profundity. There's a big word. There's a big seminary word. The profundity of His riches. Escape us. Astound us. We, we can't... We, we don't have brain enough to measure. And you have been, and I, have been forgiven according to that measure of grace. It's limitless. It's not measured. It's not, forgiveness isn't measured out to us according to the greatness of our faith. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. It's, it's measured out according to the immeasurable riches of God's grace. Our forgiveness is complete. 100%. I don't care who keeps bringing it up. I don't care who, who keeps telling you you're worthless. I don't care who keeps reminding you of your mistakes. I don't care who keeps saying what they're saying. And sometimes, no one's saying it. We just think they are. You know, the person oftentimes in my life that's, that I find the hardest time receiving forgiveness from is myself. When I won't forgive myself or others, it says, God, I don't believe you. That's what it says. I don't, I don't believe you. 
I don't, I don't believe you can do that. I don't believe what your word says. Do you, you ever thought of it that way? Sometimes we hang on to our unforgiveness like it's our. Oh, I got this. Mm, I like it. I like this. Sometimes we're afraid to, un- to forgive because we're f- if we forgive, then that person won't get punished. I'm admitting that they're okay. Or that what they did is okay. Or to whom they did it, well, that's all okay. But when you harbor unforgiveness, it's like, Drinking poison and thinking the other person's going to die. You just put yourself in bondage. Forgive. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Especially yourself. Lay it down. You are. When you are in Christ... You are 100% forgiven according to the riches of His grace. So if you're here today and you're seeking, you're searching, this is one of my, this is the life we're offering you to join us, offering for you to join us in. All right, I, look, there, there are no four-leaf clovers here, no rabbit's foot, all right? No magical pixie dust that's going to give you some perfect life, okay? What you have, what you will have, though, is eternal life. What you will have is all that you need to get through all that you're going through. With peace, with love, joy, peace. Patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what we're offering you. And you're going to have a bunch of people cheering for you. That's what we're offering to you today. So, so if that sounds like something you want, and, but you don't know how to do that, how do I do being a Christian? How do I be a church person? First of all, we don't want you to be a church person. We want you to follow Christ. And this is what you do. Three steps. Admit. that it is your sin, as long with all of ours, that separates us from God. Just admit that. Admit that. Believe that Jesus is who He said He he was. He did what He said He did. And He's coming again. And then trust. Trust Him with your life. Don't. Well, I'll do that as soon as I quit smoking. Or gambling. Or drinking. Or God knows what else. I'll clean that up and then I'll... Nope. You give your life to Jesus. He'll clean it up. Admit, believe, trust. Now, and, 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 you can, and this is how it begins. If you'll just bow with me. Everyone bow with me, please. And just pray this prayer. Father, I admit... It is my sin that has separated me from you. I've sinned and I've done bad things and I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. 
I believe that You are, Jesus, who You said You were, who You say You are, that, you're, that is Your blood that has saved me. And I trust You with my life. Praise the Lord. If you've prayed that prayer, welcome right now to the kingdom of God. We're brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Come let us know if you prayed that prayer. Come down front and let me know. We'll tell you what comes next, okay? Come down front. Pastor Fred will be here. Pastor Matthew will be here. You come down and let us know. Now, if you're a believer today, i got a question for you. If you're a follower of Christ, i got a question for you, believers. Maybe this is the invitation that's for you. What are you claiming God can't or won't forgive that He says He's forgiven? Is it somebody that you can't forgive? Some group? Some individual? Or is it yourself? I, here's an invitation for you. Come lay that down. Come lay that down. And enter in to the joy that He has waiting for you. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. And I'm going to leave some prayer. Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, thank You. Thank You, God, for saving us. Thank You, Jesus, for shedding Your blood. Holy Spirit, for being here now, moving in our hearts. Draw us to You here, right now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you.